0: Being a mom is the toughest job there is, and it doesn't come with instructions. So, it's okay if you don't have all the answers. We'll figure it out together. This is MomBrain, with Ilaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to MomBrain. I'm Ilaria. And I'm Daphne. And today we are talking with Lenore Skenazy, who is kind of blowing our mind a little bit with how simple things need to be. We are... Those I like of us that. who tend to be helicopter moms or neurotic overbearing, neurotic, freaks. nervous, you know, <laughs> all those kinds of things that I definitely do from time to time. She is here to tell us why that is actually hurting our child's development and how we can do it better. Um, I definitely learned a lot on this podcast. I highly recommend tuning in and taking notes and then being brave, taking a deep breath, and then letting go of some things.
0: I mean, these are the episodes, honestly, that I learn so much from mm-hmm. and that I really love when we do because I just feel like it. it's just food for thought as we navigate this wonderful wild world of parenting. So now here is Lenore Skenazy and Free Range Parenting.
1: Momboy!
2: I'm Lenore Skenazy. I'm president of Let Grow. Not let it grow. Not let's go. (laughs) Not let's grow. That'd be weird. It's (laughs) letgrow.org. And I also started the Free Range Kids Movement. And I'm a mom of two. Follow me at letgrow.org. That's letgrow on Twitter, letgrow on Instagram, letgrow on org <laughs> and we can also email you you can, you can email me at info at letgrow l-e-t-g-r-o-w dot org
1: what is it that makes you different What mm-hmm. it, what is your approach what is your philosophy okay. in a nutshell
2: here's the nut <laughs> and the shell it is that childhood independence is really key it's the foundation for who kids become and we've been taking it away from kids somewhat to their detriment and I'm trying to find ways always to give it back to kids. And, and of course, when you give kids independence, it actually gives moms a lot more independence too. So it's really trusting our kids, trusting our communities a little more, trusting mother nature, and just saying that, look, we're not going to do everything with and for our kids because actually they need to do some things on their own. Maybe not, you know, you got, you got some really young ones at home, right. but yeah, as they get older. Tell us about Let Grow. What so is- years ago, our nine-year-old son, my husband's my nine-year-old son, who's our younger son, started asking me and him uh, if we would take him someplace he'd never been before and let him find his own way home on the subway here in New York City. At nine? At nine. Wow. I thought you were going to say at night. I was going to say, no, during the day, <laughs> on a weekend. Um so one sunny Sunday, I took him to Bloomingdale's where he hadn't been, and I left him in the handbag department, which maybe you guys know is right above the subway entrance. And, um, and where did you go? Did I went you, home. You did. Oh,
1: really? You didn't like trail point. him secretly? Yeah, because or... I see the trailing happen all oh, the time yeah. you in do? my neighborhood. Yeah, like kids who are like just learning to like go out on their own. Oh, well, and maybe then they're I'll, just ca- I are just learning. I like see a little kid on their own, and then I'm like, I see a parent like a <laughs> block and a half away, and he's like, I
2: <laughs> yeah, you hope that's apparent um okay. the, the, point, the point being that at nine I didn't have to do that because we'd been on the subway so right. many millions of you times and before we went um before we did it my husband sat on you know with the map in front of him you know how this works yes he does because really it's our transit here and he was nine right. so um he took the subway down he had to take a bus across and he came home like levitating yeah. with pride with excitement and I'm a newspaper columnist so I wrote a column why I let my nine-year-old ride the subway alone and it was actually months later because I hadn't even thought it was a big deal right um when it happened uh, but then it turned into a big deal because two days after that um article appeared in the paper I was on the Today Show MSNBC Fox News and NPR defending my decision right. to let him go and not trail him and he didn't have a phone and I just I trusted him and um so I started the blog, Free Range Kids, that weekend to say, look at I love safety. Right. I love helmets and car seats and seat belts and mouth guards and extra layers and high- everything. Everything. I really am a nervous mom, but I just trust my kid in the world. And so for 10 years, I went around the country talking about Free Range Kids. How did we get so afraid for our children? And A lot of people, you know, a lot of people disagreed, but many people agreed and they would think about it. Yeah, they loved their own childhood. They loved running around. They loved the tree forts. They loved, you know, playing in the woods or walking to the grocery and helping their mom. And they weren't giving that to their own kids. Um, And so I thought like, well, you know, you miss it so much, let's let's try giving some of that back, but they couldn't. It's really hard to be the only mom who is letting your kid play in the park, which is why I came up with that holiday, mm. or letting them, you know, do something on their own, wait at the bus stop when everybody else is waiting with their kid. So a few years ago, Jonathan Haidt, who wrote The Coddling of the American Mind, really popular book about sort of childhood fragility and the impact it's having on college, college campus kids and also beyond, Um, came to me and said, there's something happening with young adults that they seem um, fragile and they feel unsafe and anxiety is going through the roof. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it must be starting sooner than when they come to campus. And so let's work together and start a nonprofit that helps restore some of this independence that gives kids the resilience, the confidence, even the real world skills to be okay when they come to campus and be able to handle an argument with a roommate, be able to handle not getting into the right class, be able to handle a speaker coming to campus that they don't agree with, and instead of feeling unsafe, they feel like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to raise my hand and ask some deep questions, or I don't like that speaker, I'm just not going to go, as opposed to feeling like literally they need somebody to intervene because they're so upset and scared and, and distraught that somebody is coming to campus that they disagree with. So we started a nonprofit called Let Grow. And, um, and I was going to wear my T-shirt today. And I thought that was just mm-hmm. a little much. But you're wearing a T-shirt. I should have been wearing my Let Grow T-shirt. <laughs> darn, darn, darn. Um, but anyway, so if Free Range Kids was changing a lot of minds and it got sort of into the vocabulary, it's in the dictionary, we want Let Grow to change behavior. Because until you actually do let your kid go and do something on their own, you can think about it and think about it and think about it and it won't happen. But if we can sort of... Gently nudge people into giving their kids an experience on their own. Um, that changes the parent. We can talk about what our, some of our nudges are later. But when you see it, you're so proud. That's what changes you.
0: Well, with those with those nudges in mind, like with your son, what's his name? Just so, Izzy. Or, Izzy. With Izzy, did you? I, I love, by the way, that you qualified. We left him right near the subway stop because navigating out of Bloomingdale's might have been harder than trying <laughs> yeah, to get it home. Is. From, oh, it is. Oh my god, I've <laughs> been there.
2: Right. right. But had there's you, a half. Floor. Yes, yeah, the first so, floor. There's the second floor, and then there's a thing ass. in the middle. Nobody has a thing in the <laughs> yes. middle. Right?
0: Is, is it, were there step ups that you'd given him to test the waters of his own resilience, ability to problem solve? Because that does feel like a big. I mean, our mm-hmm. oldest um, is, yeah, is six, six almost, right. and they're. i granted three Sounds years like is married. a big jump. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we, I know, <mean, laughs> basically, <laughs> work wife. Um, but how? were there step ups that you gave him to to give yourself confidence that he could handle what would inevitably be a stressful, albeit exciting experience for him?
2: Um, You know, I'd say message wise, I should say yes, yes, yes. But in reality, we'd been on the subway so many times. It's sort of like if you've walked to the corner store with your kid all their life to get the milk, mm-hmm. um, the day that you say you can go to the corner store by yourself, you don't have to say I'm going to walk you halfway. Mm-hmm. I'm going to walk you a quarter of the way. Mm-hmm.
1: But are there are are there certain lessons that you like? I one thing I remember my oh, parents yes, yes. teaching me mm-hmm. when I was younger it, about crossing the street is they said don't watch the lights, watch the cars. That's brilliant. And actually. it was really and make eye contact with the with the driver. And so I'm teaching my mm-hmm, kids that mm-hmm. because great, the light can say walk, but there's a guy going down, yeah. and, that, and that happens, and people mm-hmm. die that way. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like, you can be standing there, I mean, in New York, we jaywalk. Um, don't do that if you're, I actually think it's illegal
2: in New York. It I actually people think it's safer. It you're in the middle of the street, you get to see, I, I hate the fact the cars are turning into turning. the lane yes. as you're crossing, and I'm always screaming, we have the right of way! Oh, yeah. I'm the only, you know, she's banging person. down the car. And, I love and, it, right, you I want to go to protest with you.
1: We deserve it. Chance. Exactly. Right, but um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, what are the lessons that you teach ah. your child to be worldly and be? I mean, I grew up in cities my entire life, mm-hmm. and so I feel much more comfortable in a city. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, we have a home out in the Hamptons, and I'm like, oh my god, ticks <laughs> and foxes and bears and like oh, oh my, oh, right. exactly, like, and there are no bears in the Hamptons, by the way, but <laughs> I'm sure that maybe there could be. So anyway, I mean, like, in terms of city, I find to be city life feels I find a bit city safer. Life safer too. Whereas people who live in other ways you different. Know, I need you the feel, farm. I like it. Huh?
0: Okay, I'm I i I'm the farm girl. Go on. Yes.
2: <laughs> you look a lot like a farm <laughs> girl. You. Let me Thank tell you. <laughs> right. Especially the earring on that side. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. The There's hoops. been yeah. never a farmer who looked like oh,
0: you. Devil. What can I say? You know, um, I, I bring the glam <laughs> to farming. Um, going
2: on. I'm putting the farm in acres? farming.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, right.
2: That was a seminal show for some of us. mm mm-hmm. um, So here's the deal. Of course, you teach your kids these extremely important lessons. I I love the fact that you mentioned crossing the street first, because that is my biggest fear is cars. And, you know, when I was going to school, you were always taught, look left, look right, look left again. I don't know why. But that's what I taught my kids. Why, why do you have to look left, look right, look left again? I don't know why. But teach them that. I love the eye contact right. thing. You teach them you can't get into a car with anybody. You teach them if you do feel like something weird is happening, you know, somebody's following you or whatever, run into a store or run to the stranger across the street and wait until the, the van passes or the weirdo passes. So, yes, um, of course, I gave him and his older son, who never gets mentioned, um, all these uh, life skills, I would say. But I didn't feel I had to do that particular out with him right. um, before the day because that was the thing. He wanted to find his own way home and, and he can read the map. right? So that was that.
0: I'm really curious though because you did have this backlash and it was a couple of years ago but still like, A couple you of know. years ago.
2: Nine year old's 21. Okay. okay. Well, uh-huh. Get uh-huh. out there. Yeah. Right. So,
0: uh, <laughs> thankfully for you before the age of social media. Yeah. Um, how did you deal with that kind of mom shaming though? Like one of the original mom uh, yeah, shaming yeah, moments. Yeah, really.
2: I, I started mom shaming. Ask me about the olden days. Uh, you know, Mostly it was fine. Mostly it was kind of um, weird and kind of exciting. I mean, I was suddenly I was in the spotlight and talking. I, I'm a journalist to begin with, so I was right. sort of used it's to, to that, interviews. It was yeah. just suddenly on the other side. But I do remember, you know, I mean, there was like one dark night of the soul when I, I like collapsed on the floor and told my husband I can't deal with this anymore because everybody's watching how I'm doing this, and if anything goes wrong, there will, you know, I will be, you know, just. You'll be that person. I'll be that person. And um, I don't think we had the word mom shaming then. And I think now that we do have the word, it's actually really helpful because you can say, hey, that's mom shaming. And then it's a way to tell the person to stop as opposed to those people are better than you and they know they care more and they're raising their kids better and you're doing a terrible job. And there's no like – I am <laughs> that that feeling one night just overwhelmed me, and also I'm a sort of superstitious, so I hate talking about CN. Everything turned out fine because then I think like, oh my god, what if it doesn't? So I wish I was completely
0: immune. Did you live with that anxiety while he was while he was young? Did that like that you felt like maybe you would were you watching extra closely uh, throughout throughout his continuing younger childhood, worrying that like just like you said superstitiously that oh, something yes, was gonna yes, be yes but I, I'm not even sure how much
2: is superstition and how much is just you know, we're in a pretty anxious age and I think we all do worry about our kids a lot. What are
1: things that you that you would worry about? And like I have I worry about choking. I'm terrified. Really? I choked when I was younger oh, and I'm terrified it. of yeah. choking and it's this constant battle in my brain of like I don't want my kids to have to suffer because of my own stuff oh you know I, see. I mean and you're I worried to work that you're on, work on that and like yeah. did you have things that you found that you worried about
2: and how still do. did you <laughs> right like if i could turn the 20s i have to tell you it's not gonna it's end I don't know, right? But, right, right? but
1: like how do you release yourself from that and sort of separate oh, yourself from okay. mom mother's intuition versus hey you know what i really need to like get a hold on this
2: That's an interesting question. So first of all, I'm scared of cars. Um, Just wait till your kids start driving. You think you're anxious now. Oh, my God. Then they have cars. And I have one son who skateboards. You know, he swears he skateboards on the sidewalk and I pretend I believe him. Does anybody (laughs) skateboard on the sidewalk? I don't know (laughs) if you can. Yeah. Yeah, let's not go there (laughs) because I I don't want to think about it. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Um, But you mentioned intuition. And that's something that I've thought about now for 12 years Um, because... What feels like intuition to us now can't be intuition because my mom raised me so differently. And when she was sending me to school, uh, I walked to school at age five by myself. And then the crossing guard was a 10-year-old. And... and the weird thing is I married him. That's another story. <laughs> another I didn't marry him wow, then. Love in the crosswalk. I, I like didn't it. didn't stalk him. Yeah, yeah. It's love in so the crosswalk. Funny. That's the mini series. Um very mini. <laughs> I married him like 20 years later, and after we were married, we figured out, oh my God, you must have been my crossing card because we oh, that's so grew up funny. three blocks apart. But anyways, the point being that um she was a nervous mom too. I mean, I, I'm trying to find a mom who isn't kind of nervous. But um, so if she was she quit her job to be home with me and my sister. And she cared very much about our safety, and yet it was normal back then to let your five-year-old walk to school. And so, th- what feels normal now is like, oh, nobody it's would let their. All contextual.
0: Classroom. It's, it's, what it's people so contextual.
2: You do. It's the social norms. I was talking to a professor two weeks ago who was remembering when she was a kid and a kindergartner, and she got to school late one day, and she was so shy she wouldn't go inside. And so she stayed out on on the, the playground and she was sort of kicking around in the dirt. And finally, the teacher came on and said, why aren't you in here, Cindy, or whatever her name was? And she said, but, but that can't be a real memory because that would imply that I had gotten to school by myself without my mom. And she said, that couldn't have happened. And and then she realized it had. Wow. And her own memory of her own life, like in our lifetime, Parenting has changed so much. Our expectations for what moms should be doing and our fears for our children have changed so dramatically that it feels instinctive. Are those feels fears valid? Do you feel like it's part of
1: it is the changing world and that we maybe we live in in times that are less secure and are a little bit more scary, or do you think it's all in our own mind or combination?
2: Well, um, I do think times feel more scary. Yeah. Um, And I think it's in our mind, but I don't think it's because we're crazy people who are hallucinating things. Uh, I think it's because you turn on, uh, you know, when I was growing up, there were like, there was less media. And then there came cable, and then there came the internet, and then there came the phone. And and you have so much competing media that they are, they have to... Get the, the worst story uh, is what they have to give you, so hopefully you will choose to look at them. Right. I know my Yahoo Mail is always telling me, you'd think that there was a kid kidnapped every day, and it's
0: not. It's but like, see, that's also very interesting because it no, y- your Yahoo Mail knows that you are particularly interested in the, in childhood safety yes. issues, et cetera, so it will filter you all the worst, most dramatic news in that category where yours and mine would be completely different. be about on, choking. <laughs> be about yes, choking. really. Oh exactly. my God, another choking. Well, no. And this one was in Hong Kong. <laughs> right, right, right.
2: So I feel like... Th- Because, you know, your brain works like Google, you ask it a question and it comes up sort of with results. And when you ask it a question about childhood safety, up come the worst case stories because they're the easiest to retrieve, right? We all remember the name Elizabeth Smart. Right. Or, I don't know, I don't even want to keep remembering them because it is so disturbing. But when your brain is asking a question like, where can I get a good deal on paper towels, the re- the results are
0: relevant, right? And I guess what? It's the Target. Prime. No, no, no. Go to the store. Let's keep I retail know, going. I, know. But, I Trust me, I'm desperate for that too. I do want to know though, if because I think the question stands is like, are these concerns valid? Mm-hmm. Are or what, they? We got to talk
2: about what concerns, we're right?
0: Talking. Or are right. they just being, you know propped up by really scary constant news right obliteration of you right. know and of and any not just
2: lose <laughs> its long order too yeah
0: right oh that's true right. um or is it just like somewhere along the way we've forgotten that that being a child is an adult in training not just you know a small right, thing, right. right. not i think
2: of them as bonsai trees you know you can raise a beautiful bonsai tree but it was meant to be an oak so um you know, no statistics don't move the needle at all, but I'll tell you the statistics anyway, which is that we're at a 50-year crime low. Crime peaked in the 90s. It's been coming down ever since. We're here in New York City in the 90s. There were about 2,000 murders a year. Now there's about 200. So in terms of actual numbers, um, your kids are at least as safe as you were when you were growing up. Mm. Um, but nobody cares. It cares how you feel. Right. And so to remember... That there is always a trade off. We think like, oh, if we're with our kids every single second, then they'll be fine. But you're talking about your kid was choking in front of you, and there's. I don't like to get into all the things that can happen to children, but mostly, most old fashioned childhood activities are we're safe, remain safe, and we've just forgotten that they're safe. And one of the reasons. One of my offbeat reasons is I think is we're spending so much time with our kids. When you're with them, you see all the dumb things they're doing. You know, don't put that, you know, don't <laughs> hit them over the head. Don't, don't lick
1: the paint. Don't, don't, don't shove don't... that thing in your ear. Right. Like, oh, my yes. like, uh.
2: Yeah, that is bad. I'm sure
1: the eardrum, like, just don't, don't, don't do Don't
2: puncture. It. Yeah, that should be a little um, needle point <laughs> thing. Please don't puncture your eardrum. But the point is that if you weren't with them all the time, first of all, some of these things that are so disturbing that you feel like you have to jump in, you wouldn't see and right. they would get over them. And then also... Uh, you know, when adults are with kids, the adults are the adults and the kids are the kids. Mm-hmm. Take away the adults and the kids start becoming the adults. They have to figure out how are we going to make this work? You know, how are we going to solve this problem? And we are with them so long, that, so much that they don't get the chance to solve the problem when they would think, well, my kid can't handle it. I just had to take the, the, the pole out of her ear. So it's hard to step back. But when you do, your kid ends up, blossoming a little bit, and making you feel more confident about them because they've done something on their own without you.
1: How do we strike that balance between parenting and letting go? And what are things, what are like main things that we can focus on Mm -hmm. um, then and and times where, like I, my three-year-old, he is getting a lot better, but he was the kid that would run into the street
2: Oh, that's terrifying. Right. Scary. Yeah.
1: And he thinks it's funny when I when I would, you know, chase after him, which is the only thing that you can do. So I have my death grip mm-hmm. around his forearm mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. thing and and that's what I do to keep him safe. I think at
2: this point it sounds like that's what you have to do. Right. <laughs> right, he's 3. Yeah. Right? He's not 10. He's not seven. Seven is considered the age of reasons, the age that you hmm. know, throughout is the world. Is that right? Well, throughout the world that's when kids start walking you know, like like basically everyone except American kids is walking to school at age seven. I think it's the age that kids get confirmed or something like that. It's it's always it's it's the age they start school in Finland. It's the age when it, when kids are considered like ready, you know, sort of cooked and ready for the, the – that's another horrible word, right? To <laughs> <laughs> forget I said it, Like I'm not advocating but that we cook kids. I okay. said they're free-range and now they're cooked. She's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Bad. <laughs> right. Get her off your show. Um, no. Right, right.
0: You, um, you could choke on one. Um, re- <laughs> buffet, <laughs> buffet <laughs> children. Um, I, but but that, that raises another issue – or not issue, but question – um is America dramatically different than elsewhere in the developed world? Is it like a different my I, um, I mean what's
2: it's not dramatically different from what I can tell from Canada, Australia, or England, the English speaking countries. I think in a like I I used to get a ton of letters from Germany. It's like, oh, you Americans, they are so funny. My three-year-old is out getting the bread. My seven-year-old is (laughs) in a tree. You you laugh. Three three years old is the age that they would send the kids out to the bakery to start getting the bread. Yes, yes. It's so so helpful. (laughs) It's helpful. Imagine that. Imagine your kids helping you instead of the other way around. I'm trying to flip it a little. I, I
0: brought... You're asking. She has facts, ladies and gentlemen. No, no, no. She I does. don't have facts, oh, oh. T-
1: but she does have a very professional-looking folder. <laughs>
0: folder. Folder. I think this looks
2: professional. It does. It it's, does. Manila. it's Manila. <laughs> oh, it is Manila. It looks a little dog-eared, but um, what's that? These are. So how do you? How do we make a culture change where the norm becomes? parents taking a step back and kids doing a couple things on their own when it's so scary and when it's become so abnormal that people can't even remember <laughs> that in their own lifetimes they walk to school. Mm-hmm. Um, so at Let Grow, we have a couple of school initiatives and one of them is called the Let Grow Project. And that's what these are from. The Let Grow Project is this. The kid goes home with a homework assignment and it's this. Mom, it says I have to do something by myself without you. That's the assignment, and then we give a list of things. But you can add, you can subtract. Doesn't matter what you do. There's uh, climb a tree, run an errand, wait at the bus stop, pack your own lunch, make dinner. Um, you know, babysit. Anything that I think you probably did on your own as a kid, and you probably did without it being a project, without it somebody having to tell your mom you really have mm-hmm. to let her do this now. Mm-hmm. So. The only way that we've found that makes it easy for parents to start giving them a little um, independence is to make it something that you do in a group. E- either you come to Let Grow and you find other people on Let Grow who are, you know, talking about the same thing, or you do it through the school. And so um, this, this these, were, these were forms filled up by a seventh grade class in a, an upper middle class suburb. Um, and the teacher asked them which... Were there any let grow challenges that you wanted to do, but you were hesitant to? These are seventh graders. They're 12 and 13. Um, you can see that I'm not lying. I was hesitant to try walking my dog alone. I was afraid to climb a tree because I was scared I was going to fall. I was hesitant to go into a store. Uh, I was hesitant to try baking because I didn't want to set anything in my house on fire. <laughs> I was afraid to do a wheelie. And then finally, blah, blah blah. I was hesitant to walk around the neighborhood with my brother. We could get lost. And then, why don't you read this? Just read me this first sentence. I was. I, I love that she's giving me a,
1: uh, a, a, 12-year-old, a 12-year-old's writing to, to read.
2: Yeah. I was
1: first a little hesitant to use a sharp knife, as my parents had never let me before.
2: Wow. So, when I talk about giving kids some independence, I'm actually worried, <laughs> because... You know how kids learn. You learned languages, right? You learned Spanish and you learned English as a kid, mm-hmm. and you don't have an accent, as far as I can tell. Only when I get angry. Only when you say taco. You they say <laughs> taco. Taco, <laughs> taco. Yeah, ta- taco. <laughs> right. It was excellent. Um, and it was cool.
1: And my kids, I'm I'm raising
2: them bilingual as well. Oh my so god, I that's see. so lucky. Oh, we're trying. I try. Okay, so you're doing it now rather than when they're 12 or 13, Correct. because that way it's just part of their regular life, and they don't have an accent, and they're they're fluent. Right. I worry that we're waiting so long with independence that they're not mm. fluent in it. I mean, kids used to be playing outside with their friends, with older kids, with the neighborhood dog, you know, at least starting at five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and they haven't walked to the park. Mm-hmm. They haven't done anything on their own because our culture has convinced parents that it's all too dangerous and I think it's dangerous to not let your kid develop at a time when they expect to. No, it makes sense. I mean,
1: we. I always use the example of of alcohol that in this country you cannot drink until you're 21. Right. I mean, it's everybody's heard this before. I'm not going to bore you guys with it. But you can like vote when you're 18. You can go to the R you know, into the army when you're 18. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you can buy a gun earlier. or Something I don't know. The whole thing. But um, you know, in in Europe, you learn to drink. As up. you are younger, and it becomes this thing that's not that exciting <laughs> it's not you and and you also you know as you're dealing with this experience of of putting something in your body that makes you feel it feel a different way being able to learn how to do that with people who are there to watch you i think is extremely important rather than you're in your you know second Pre-gaming, year of college i know which, exactly I know. which by the way everybody had fake ids anyway in college <laughs> so like the idea that you're not drinking until you're 21 is but but when i you know um, when i went to to college i i actually didn't drink at all mm-hmm. i never not once not once because i i had for like my, yeah, my done, whole life yeah. i knew i knew it and i remember my first or second day of college this girl she got her stomach pumped <laughs> And I just looked at them, and I was like, I'm moving out of the door. Wow. <laughs> I was like, I'm done with this. I mean, it just seemed like so crazy that these so kids sick. came there. Yeah. And it was like this just experience of, of like, let's go crazy. We've never been away from home before and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I was like, guys, I'm out.
2: Um, right. but So, so yeah. you're talking about obviously the perfect analogy for if you never get any freedom, how do you know how to handle it? How exactly. do you learn responsibility? How do you learn who you are? I mean, there was a study done that said that parents, their number one thing that they want for their kids is, do you know what it is? Happiness. I, I thought it was be, be, yeah. be happiness. It's 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 related. I think it's, they want them to find a purpose or a passion. Mm. And, you know, that's kind of cool. Yeah. But you can't <laughs> if you're never given any chance, any free time to figure out what you like to do or who you really are or how to start something or how to make something happen or how to Things and that's out.
1: interesting what you're saying as well, and I'm sure that some of you guys can relate to this where um the the overscheduled child. Mm-hmm. So and, and it's hard because I'm like, Well, I want my kid to like if she wants to try ballet, let's try ballet or you know, he wants to try uh, music and want him to try music or you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean there's oh, I'd say all these things that's where I want them nice. to try but then they just don't have a free moment, especially. I mean, my kids don't get home from till four, four fifteen right. from school because I send them to a school in Brooklyn, mm. and so then they come home, and then I'm like, all right, two days out of the week I'll let them do extracurricular activities, and then the other days I want to have you home, and I oh, want to have great. you, you okay. be, be But but then they're like, mommy, I want to do karate, and I want to do this, and I want to do this. And I'm like, I don't know when we're gonna be able to do that. And what I find is there's other kids that I that I see where they're like, yeah, my kid doesn't get home till nine p.m. My, or my, something yeah. like that. Right. Let's they're a date doing this and this and this, yeah. and this. Yeah. but it's
0: also like there's and I I don't know what the right answer is here but there is something to be said for letting your kids demonstrate interest in something pursue it on their own before you go and grab them a, like a private lesson or a class right. or whatever because I do think you know I I do want my kids to develop passions of course I do I want them to have things that they love I don't want to top down dictate you have mm-hmm. to play violin or whatever it ends up being and I wonder we we've also we have so made it such like a curriculum of, you know, children to succeed in the world, to get into college. They need to be this, you know, road Scholar in training. <laughs> and it's challenging because at what point does the kid actually become in any way responsible for their own entertainment, identifying their own likes, finding those passions? I, re- I want to ask, though, because you were smart enough and or aware of this, I guess, what? to be doing it with your son. Did you notice in his classmates was there anything different that he was doing that his classmates weren't doing or that his classmates were doing that he wasn't doing?
2: No, I mean, yeah, um, I hope he never listens. He wasn't a great scholar. Let's put it that way. I don't think <laughs> he's our demographic. <laughs> yes, hey, right, right, right. Uh, and he had uh, the the thing that made me most upset when he was in grammar school was. How they would take away recess if he was ever bad. It's like, yeah. are you kidding? Yeah. You're taking away the one chance for him to not be in a top down to academic right yeah. uh, uh, exercise, and and now you expect him to be better. Yeah, and that just drove me crazy. So um, I you know I didn't get to know his friends that well. I mean, basically they go to school and then everybody goes to their separate things. So I, I can't tell you what they were doing that was so different from him.
0: As an adult, does he feel more as, independent as, yeah, or less, I, I, you know, I, You know, I, he's
2: an N of one, as they say, an yes. example of one. Yeah, he is, he is independent. He's traveled a lot by himself.
0: What does he think about the
2: way that you raised him? I don't think he thinks about it a whole lot. He's not there um, I, You know, I mean, he's a 21-year-old male. Yeah. Come on. Oh, I'm really thinking about my mom a lot. <laughs> how was I raised? You know, let me let me give her an award. Yeah. Um, what I want to, I, I sort of want to pivot to when we're talking about, like, how do kids learn? And how do they find their passion? It's not just free time, it's also free play. Mm -hmm. And um, that's something that we've really taken out of kids' lives. And when they are in karate, it's great, they're learning karate, but they're not learning how to organize a game, how to figure out if the ball was in or out, how to deal with somebody who brings along their little brother. How to disagree. How to disagree. And uh, one of the co-founders of Let Grow is Peter Gray, who is so great, you would love him, G-R-A-Y. He wrote a book called Free to Learn. He's a psychology professor at Boston College. And he said that all these skills that we call soft skills now, even though they're the ones that you need to succeed, or we call them social-emotional, I can't even remember the word, proficiencies or something, they all come into play in free play. And so one of the other Let Grow initiatives in a school is to have the school stay open before or after school just for free play. So Mm. you have a place where your kids are with a bunch of other kids different ages, no tech. Um, And then there's a lot of cardboard boxes and chalk and balls and jump ropes. And there's a nurse in case of an emergency crouching in the corner with an EpiPen. (laughs) But otherwise, the kids are coming up with stuff to do. And you you learn what you love to do. And you make your friends and you solve your problems. And your parents aren't there. And it's not exactly like being in the woods like some of us were? or you in the middle of Barcelona, <laughs> or wherever you were? We
1: Definitely not in the woods. It was not in any woods. I would it? very lost and scared in the woods.
2: Right. <laughs> Always. Right. The woods are um, dark and deep. But and the deep. point is that how can we give some of that, uh, I consider it like Mother Nature expected kids to play. There's the drive to play. Just like in adults, there's right. the drive to reproduce. Guys you seem to be doing great. Um, <laughs> so, So it's there because the the drive to have that kind of fun is what gets kids over the difficult part of organizing the teams or being mad that you weren't picked or being scared as you're climbing the tree. It's all like, but then I'm going to have fun. It's going right. to be great. And so so Peter talks about how the mind comes into the world sort of ready to be learning a language, ready to be learning everything. And it expects to be wired by betrayal, frustration, fear, as well as elation and fun and joy. And when you've taken out the, the 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 scary difficult ones, you're like not building a whole foundation for the kids, and then we expect them to be able to deal with things mm-hmm. as they get older, and we haven't allowed the the, the wiring to happen. I, I think of it like now, like you know how those three D printers they go and they're they're building layer up, by layer, layer by layer by layer, and if there's no layers under there, the roof is going to go. <laughs> And when you talk about kids today being so anxious, these kids who haven't walked around their neighborhood with their own dog, who haven't used a sharp knife at age 12 and they think only parents, only adults know how to do it, that's not fair. (laughs) And yet these parents, let me just give you an example from Parents Magazine, can I? Yeah. Parents Magazine had an article on Playdate, Playdate Protocol. And one question was, if your kid is old enough to stay home alone um, by herself and sometimes does or often does, But now she has a play date over. Can you still go run a quick errand? Go to the dry cleaner. And Parents Magazine said? No.
0: Right. Why? Because the other child, you are responsible for for someone else's child. That was A.
2: And then B was, what if something happens to them physically? And then they found an example of some kid who had like spilled macaroni on herself once and got a burn. Okay. And by the way, the example that the the poor writer was trying to look for something that was showed something horrible happened and she couldn't even find one when the mother was away. This, the, the example she gave was the mother was in the backyard and the kids were using the microwave. No matter. And then, but the third reason was that what if there's a squabble? You want to be able to intervene before anyone's feelings get hurt. And that, to me, is the way parents have been trained to not trust their kids to be able to handle anything. You can't handle a microwave. You can't handle the loneliness. You can't handle a spat with your friend. It's going to be too traumatic. It's going to hurt you too much. It's my fault. I should be there to always make sure that you never have these bad feelings. And so these parents are raised listening to this terrible advice, but, okay, and but they the do way. it. But let's
1: but let's get into something that we talk about a lot, which is bullying and that so much of these things happen without us knowing and i'm not saying that you're wrong i completely agree with you but i but i these are my concerns that that are coming up but so we talk about bullying and mm-hmm. that we don't know enough about what's going on with our kids how they're interacting with with other kids Mm -hmm. you know every once in a while my kid will blurt out something Mm -hmm. and i'm like well i don't spend you know a big chunk of the day with you because you guys are at school and all of these things are happening and i didn't realize that this was bothering you for this long Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so to be there to kind of not be like you do this and you do this but like hey guys why don't we work this thing out Mm -hmm. and not let it get out of hand I mean is that or should it depend on the age or I, I, I think
2: depends on uh, yeah, the dynamic me. between yes. the two kids and also well, it's I don't friend. know
0: I, mm. I think the scaffolding is interesting of like you need to create the groundwork for your children to be able to have a conversation that would resolve the bullying that's I mean look that that is clearly effective And you in, in many ways you do have to model for your kids how to have a conflict resolution how to address something that's bothering them but I I actually had a different thought when I was listening to it's um I saw this um I on Masterchef Junior where we have little kids who are mm-hmm. competing in a very uh, like high stakes competition for money for you know yeah, reality for, yeah for, for the title for all this stuff and your instinct as an adult is to assume that kids are going to internalize and handle situations the way that adults do. Because in your mind, I was just thinking about like, you're, you'll get your feelings hurt. You're going to internalize it. You're going to, you, it's mm-hmm. going to, it's going to damage. You're going you to ruminate. Term. Yeah. Because when you have a big, you know, life altering fight as an adult, it does stick with you. It does hurt you to your core. You do have ego involved. These kids had no ego involved. It was wow. it was fun for them. It was a passion for them and they were eager to learn and they also knew that they were there to learn, which ine- inevitably means be critiqued at some point and they didn't take that personally the way that adults oftentimes would. And I sit here thinking... Um, because I worry about bullying all the time. We we do talk about it a lot because it feels pervasive and because it feels like... It used to be like if you got bullied at school, at least when you were home, you were safe. Now you go home and you're still subject yeah. to the nonstop onslaught from from you know media and, and from your social media and all the rest. But I do think that we assume that kids are going to be um, so fragile. And I like that you use that term because we as adults feel fragile where they're yeah. actually much yeah. less impressionable. They're impressionable, but much less... Uh, they're, they're so resilient we also talk about that like kids are resilient and they and i love that you said that mother nature intended them to be risk taking and mm-hmm. need to be exposed to things where there are setbacks or they didn't mm-hmm, do it right or whatever mm-hmm. so that their brain could be wired to try and try a different way and try something new and be successful the following time so i worry that by never allowing our kids to be their own problem solvers their own resolution seekers um and and even with regards to bullying, by 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 our instinct as parents being to jump in as quickly as possible, uh, we we actually end up making them much more susceptible to bullying and pain and problems in the future. I don't know the answer. I, um, I don't, know. Just I don't know the whole loud.
2: answer, but I know that part of the answer is giving them some time when we're not there right. to solve it and to do it for them. Um, One of the things that we found when we do the play clubs is that because it's mixed ages, everybody worries like on a bus, oh, my God, there's the fourth graders are there and my kid is only in first grade. They're going to be bullied. In play, um, one of the principals who had a play club at her school did a study of the kids. And when she asked the older kids what they liked most, I don't know what the younger kids like because it's only older kids that made an impression on me. Um, She said, one of them said, I really liked it when there was a little kid and they, they looked lonely and I started chasing her. Or I really like teaching a game to the littler kids mm-hmm. that I knew. And often uh, what they were what they were expressing, what they loved was empathy. They didn't even realize wow, that that's a feeling that they could have because it's always been, you know, the, it's I'm in the third grade little league team or I'm in right. the peewees or whatever. And you're always with your own age. Um, although with bigger families, actually, it's not. I mean, that's, that's a, a great part of it, having a larger family is that they do all interact and, Um, you know, if a person is a bully and somebody that nobody likes that, if you're talking about free play, they don't get played with. And we had a great story from a South Carolina play club where this boy had been in the the principal's office three times the week before that. And the guy running the play club said, well, why don't you try play club? And at first he was a little, the adult was a little worried that everybody was, you know, it was going to ruin play club. And he said, and when the kid came out, some of the kids sort of flinched because he's such a He was such a, I don't know, I guess you can't say jerk about a a fourth grader, but somehow they just didn't want to be around him. But then one kid started playing with him and then all the kids started playing with him. And he went into school with a grin on his face and some buddies and one of the teachers started crying. And so sometimes I, I wonder if we're exacerbating bullying, first of all, by constantly intervening and teaching kids that right. they should be hurt every time they feel a little frisson of dis, you know, they a little frustration or a little mad, instead of telling them to brush it off, it's like, go tell a teacher and we'll get people involved and we'll talk to the principal and we'll bring in the police. It's like maybe if you gave them a little bit more, if you trusted them a little bit more, instead right. of assuming that A, everybody is fragile and B, the bad kids are going to hurt them forever. Right which you've been told by Parents Magazine, even the girl's friend is going to hurt her forever. Right. I mean, we've really been sold a bill of goods that our kids are so fragile and needy and in constant danger, whether it's from the outside or a bully or a thought or um, a bad grade, that we have to be there all the time. And I have to say, it's bad for moms.
1: Right. It's stressful.
2: It's, it's all consuming right. if you're supposed to be with your kid all the time intervening listening for oh she sound upset now or should i take her she likes ballet should i take her to 7 days a week or 20 days a right. week that you don't have any free time it well, seems weird that it you know that this helicopter parenting model that people aspire to happened to become popular just as women were getting really powerful right. in the yeah, workplace that's
1: We're gonna have to let you go soon, but I really want to get into the how to. So Mm -hmm. for those of us who are sometimes helicopter and sometimes getting like we have our anxieties and we don't want to get it wrong. (laughs) I mean these these little people. It's really hard to bring them into the world, whichever way you had them. It is a struggle to bring them into the world. It's not like oh my god I have a baby now. You know whether you adopted them, whether you did surrogate, whether you had them yourself. You know whatever whatever it is this, it is a a difficult thing to do. And then we want it to go really right. Mm -hmm. We don't want to mess up. We only Mm -hmm. have one chance to do this. How can we let go a little bit? How in our Mm -hmm. own selves can we just little by little, baby steps, get there?
2: Okay. First of all, one of the really good things to do is to think back on your own childhood and what you absolutely love doing and make sure that your kids get it too. So if it was, you know, playing jacks by yourself in the backyard, you know, they can have that too. If you liked walking in the woods, whatever it is, if That was great. Give them a little bit of that. You're trying to give them everything good. You're giving them the best food, the best education. Give them the best of your own childhood too, which usually involved, like your mom wasn't with you, right? Was your mom with you for your very favorite part of childhood?
0: Yes. No, cooking with her. I was
1: my favorite. Okay. But I will say I know you've entered the Oz family, and they're yeah, yeah, really
0: But I will say the other thing that I thought of immediately was going to play in the treehouse at my grandparents' farm, and it was we were always and I think about it now, it was like thirty feet up in the yeah, air. Right. You know, definitively <laughs> not something I would ever let you know my four year old five year old do. Mm-hmm. But um, but it was it stands out immediately as like the imagination and the sort of painting of your own world that happens when you are given that freedom and that independence from adults. I think it's absolutely it comes to mind.
2: So that's one way to remember that like you're actually giving your kids something. It's not that you're being lazy or unattentive. It's that you're inattentive. It's that you're you're giving them that. Um, Another way is to remember something that went wrong when you were a kid and how you figured out what to do. And that sort of gives you a boost to think like, well, I got a lot out of that. You know, I still remember when I fell off my bike and I had to come home and it was dark and it was scary and I did it. Remember that when you're worried about like, well, what if something goes wrong? It's like, let's hope. Let's hope because most of the things that go wrong are not that terrible and they are growth experiences. So just try to frame it a little that way that you're giving your kids something as opposed to taking it away. And then one thing that I came up with recently, and I'd like somebody to try, and please write to me at uh, you know, info at letgrow dot org is the work date play date, because I work at home so much and I thought a lot of moms are doing this. Why don't you just bring your laptop over to my house and we'll sit at the kitchen table and we'll have coffee and I'll be less lonely. And then the kids have to be outside without us. And they're not allowed to come in until the like the little hand hits the, the 12. And so then they have some free time. And we have some free time. We're getting our work done still. And your kids are doing the work of play because play is the work of childhood. So that just seems like an easy first step. And also yeah. then you've made a buddy who also believes in letting the kids have a little independence.
0: Cuz I agree, you pointed that out that part of the issue here is you don't you don't want to be the lone mom who's like, mm-hmm. I don't care about watching my kids. They're going to be playing by themselves and then mm-hmm. you feel like the oddball out who uh, you know somehow has been painted as though you don't love your kids right. as much as everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I think that still gives you the comfort of the oversight that so mm-hmm. many of us would have a hard time relinquishing, but um, but you have, you know, someone there in in moral support as well, you know, For doing sure. the same thing.
2: Right. I would just say also, if your kid is in school, go to letgrow.org, click on schools and there's the Let Grow Project where everybody in the class is suddenly going home and doing things on their own or everyone in the school. And remember, it's free. So it's not like I'm hawking something for money. There's the, There's the school project and then there's the play club where your kids would be having a chance for three hours in the afternoon without any tech, without any coach, just to play and have fun.
0: We're going to ask you to tell us your favorite thing.
2: I would have to say my favorite thing, the thing that I I, I read it on a vacation and I never read nonfiction on vacation, but Peter Gray's book Free to Learn changed my viewpoint of how kids learn and what we can give them when we step back. Love that. Fantastic. I I mean, I really, really recommend it because kids learn when they're curious and when they're figuring things out. And when you sit them in a chair and you try to get information in them that seems completely irrelevant, it's the hardest way to teach a child.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. This was great. Yay. Okay, guys, that was Lenore, and she. I feel like we were, we were like yelling questions at her because we had so many These, we had these so many are the moments where
1: people come up to me all the time and say, oh my God, I love Mom Brain. And I'm like, me too. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I do as well. And I never mean that. And I like, oh yes, listen to us kind of thing. But more like I just learned so much on this. And so it's like kind of incredible that we've found our way into this job where we get to learn so much and, and just, Get to be better, tell parents. Don't tell them that we're here as But no, as I listeners. mean, this is something that we are enjoying just as much as you guys, just because these experts that come on, we have so much to learn from them. But One of the things that I am going to definitely take away is letting go a little bit. A little bit. Did you guys hear me? A little bit. I'm like, I, th- I really think that you can't go from like... I don't want to say I'm at an extreme, but I just I definitely am nervous about certain things. And I think very rightly so. I think we really have to find that line between what is appropriate nervousness and, you know, taking care of our kids. But then also being aware of letting them struggle a little bit, letting them have these
0: these moments of growth and exploration and stuff like that. I I really appreciated her saying, like, the world is no more dangerous now by certain metrics than it was when you were growing up. And um are there, you know, to look just to be more aware and to be more conscious and look for places where you can give your kids those little the little tasks that make them feel independent and the little things that make them feel self-sufficient. Um so definitely lots to think about here from Lenore.
1: And now it's time for our favorite things. Now it's time for our favorite things. So my favorite thing today is a bug catcher. Now, I know you're what you're thinking, you know, Little Miss Vegetarian Me, um, and is, you know, recommending catching. But we like to think of it as a catch and release. And what I found is regardless of how many times I say, oh, be careful with the bugs and don't know, don't get to let it be in its own natural habitat, I feel like kids get interested in them no matter what, especially I have Three little boys who are absolutely bug obsessed so this is a little um, bug catcher where they can put it down gently over the bug and then it kind of closes around it and then it has a little magnifying glass as part of it and they can take a look at the bug and doing that actually has made them be much more careful with the bugs Mm -hmm. and less of that like oh there's a bug let me stomp on it um, I actually am Alec is afraid of bugs. I am the one that has to like catch. and I do catch and release them in the house as well, including the cockroaches in, in New oh, York. Lovely. I know. I apologize for all of those <laughs> other ones. We've had a couple where like um I don't know if they're cockroaches or water bugs, but like when people are doing construction next door and then they'll like come in. Let's not talk about okay, cockroaches. Okay, I'm sorry guys. Anymore. I like totally skeezed you out. But if you have little kids who are fascinated by bugs, get um them a get this get this a Carson Bug View quick release bug catch catching tool that with cute, glass it's super super
0: fun um okay so speaking of letting kids explore and have fun outdoors and use their imagination john my son who's four he's like really big on what he thinks is note taking right now and he, so like my, my husband john will bring back you know when you go to conferences and things you get those little notebooks he'll always bring them back and john loves them and he writes all his letters and his notes to himself and numbers and things um and he really was looking for a notebook that he could take in the rain. This was like a very important thing for him when he was out exploring. So I spent 15 minutes solidly searching on Amazon for a waterproof notebook and found these. They're called Right in the Rain. It's it's R-I-T-E. Right in the Rain Top Spiral Notebook, three by fives. Um, and it, it has a, like a waterproof cover on it. And also the pages themselves, they were made for, you know, explorers in the Amazon or something where it was constantly wet and rainy around. So even the paper, when it gets wet, doesn't tear, doesn't like smudge the ink or anything. Little John has freaked out about these things. He takes them with him everywhere. He loves them so much. And anyway, as you get your little adventurers out and free range them, um, these are just like fun little notebooks. They're also great for airplanes and any kind of travel because they're the right size to just tuck in backpacks and things. Um, And again, remember, guys, we always put the links to these products in the descriptions of the podcast.
1: Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, share it. We love when you guys email us and share, you know, everything from questions to like your own great tips. Again, how Daphne and I are super. Selfish in terms of we want to know all this stuff too. So it's yeah, we learn from, so 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 from you guys too. So please share with us. We
0: always we like to share our favorite things. Just there are things that are popping up for us. But share us share your favorite things with us too. We love that.
1: Follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and what was the oh other God, one? You, you have
0: so much to do. I get know, a, get so out a pen and pencil <laughs> Do all of these things. Do all of the things. follow us
1: everywhere. Email us and tell your friends. Thanks, guys. Bye. See you next time. Bye.
0: This is Mom Brain with Alaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz. MomBrain is a Gallery Media Group original production.